You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest transfer news. We're going to be bringing you updates on Ruben Neves. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Aaron Ramsdale. We're going to be discussing the futures of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Reese Nelson as well. And I know it feels like we're kind of talking about the same players over and over again, but there have been some updates this afternoon or some reports at least that suggest there have been some updates with regards to some of those players that I've just mentioned. Uh, big hello to everybody watching us live at the moment. And a big hello, of course, to those of you listening back to the show via the audio platforms. If you are watching live or watching it back on replay, Whatever the case is, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new. And of course, if you're listening uh, via the audio platforms, then please do leave us a review, especially if you're an Apple podcast listener. That really, really does help us. Uh, right. Let's get into it then. And let's start off with the update on the future of Ruben Neves. Now, he's a player that Arsenal have been linked with for a little while now. He's somebody that I've gone on record as saying, I think would probably be uh, a pretty good uh, replacement or slight upgrade on Granite Xhaka because of the fact that I think stylistically he fits quite well into that role. I think he's very good at progressing the ball from deep areas. He's very good at uh, making sure that the, the team is ticking. He's a bit of a midfield metronome. Not the most physical player in the world. He isn't an N'Golo Kante, for example, isn't going to get across the pitch that well, isn't going to sort of gobble up the space around him. But tactically, he's very smart. He's very astute. And he's a player that I quite like. But it's emerged this evening, or this afternoon, I should say, uh, and the report has come from TalkSports. I would take it with a tiny pinch of salt. Uh, but that Manchester United are now leading the race to sign Ruben Neves from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now, it's been very clear for a while that Wolverhampton Wanderers are looking for something around £35 million to let the Portuguese midfielder go. And when you take into consideration how good he's been in the last few seasons, OK, last season he dropped off a touch, but Wolves did in general. But prior to that, he was a very, very influential figure, uh, a really great signing for Wolves, helped them re-establish themselves as a Premier League club and was key in everything they did. You can understand why taking that into consideration and the player's age is just 24 years old. Um Wolves will be demanding top, top dollar for Ruben Neves. Manchester United are said to be interested as well. It's been well documented for a while that they are looking to upgrade on that midfield duo of Fred and McTominay uh, or McFred as they're known uh, by some. But Ruben Neves is somebody that they've identified as a target. And according to this report, Ruben Neves' relationship with Bruno Fernandes could go a long way in persuading him that Manchester United is the right place. Of course, Bruno Fernandes and Ruben Neves, international teammates. But aside from that, you know, Manchester United, you feel are closer to challenging 
for the Premier League. Manchester United are in the Champions League next season. And all of those things, you know, they add up. I'm sure Manchester United could probably uh, blitz Arsenal in terms of finances as well, in terms of what they're going to pay the player on a weekly basis. So, yes, Arsenal have that advantage in terms of being able to use the London appeal when bringing players in. And yes, in the eyes of some, you know, there's a very exciting project going on at Arsenal, a redevelopment. And Ruben Neves, if he did come to the Emirates, would have an opportunity to be a real key cog in that. But uh, Manchester United, if he chose to go to Manchester United over Arsenal right now, I don't think many of us could stand up and make a case, taking our Arsenal hats off for a second, that he'd, he'd be wrong to go to Old Trafford over the Emirates. Uh, Matt G asks in the chat, I thought United were in for Camavinga. That was being banded about as well. And, and Ren's president, if I'm not mistaken, has kind of suggested or hinted that Ren would be open to the sale of Camavinga during this transfer window. But nothing's progressed on that just yet. United are looking for someone who can progress the ball from those deeper areas, is comfortable in receiving it from the centre-backs, just like we are. They're looking for the same type of player because they too play with that double pivot in midfield and then allow those players further forward to be a little bit more free and interchangeable. It's, it's you know, it'll be disappointing if we miss out on him because for me, he is one of the players that we should be looking at. I think Arsenal are in this situation right now where there are a number of options. I'm sure in the club's mind, it is clearer as to who stands at the top of the league uh, or at the top of the list, I should say, and who is maybe further down the pecking order. But for us as fans right now, uh, even as journalists, it's very, very difficult to understand and work out who is leading the race, whether that race is determined by asking price, whether Arsenal were ever going to stump up the £35 million fee that Wolves are demanding for Ruben Neves, or if after those initial talks, they decided to turn their attention elsewhere. It's all unclear at the moment, but there are, I know there are a lot of Arsenal fans who believed that Ruben Neves was going to be the one and believed that Ruben Neves uh, will be a really, really good replacement for Granite Xhaka. Now, I'm not saying that we can completely rule out the possibility of Ruben Neves coming to the Emirates Stadium. But, of course, with Manchester United seemingly now in the race, it's going to be a lot more difficult to persuade the player to join, for sure. Another midfield target that Arsenal have been linked with uh, heavily, not just this summer, but last summer too, is, of course, Hussein Awar. And we touched upon it briefly during the last show. There are reports that Liverpool are now leading the race to sign Hussein Awar. So it's another one of Arsenal's targets that we could potentially uh, lose out on as uh, another Premier League club come into the race. I've done a little bit of digging on that one this afternoon, tried to get to the bottom of it a little bit more. And the report comes from Le Ten Sport in France, who say, and I quote, Liverpool have the greatest possibility of signing Hussein Awa. That's what they say. They also talk about Leon reducing the asking price, which we already knew. Um, you know, again, it's a source that I would advise you approach with caution uh, because they have in the past made claims that have proven to be completely wide of the mark. Uh, but it does seem like Liverpool are in the race for Hussein Awar as well. And we also touched on uh, rumours of contract talks between Liverpool and uh, Jordan Henderson breaking down as well, or maybe being at a bit of a stumbling point, a bit of a brick wall. And that would kind of fit in with the narrative, wouldn't it, that Liverpool are looking to increase uh, their options and, and enhance their options maybe, or prepare for life after Jordan Henderson 
in midfield. So that's where we are on the midfield. Moving on to Aaron Ramsdale. Now, we talked a little bit earlier on about how, in my opinion, Aaron Ramsdale is not worth £30 million. I would be quite disappointed if Arsenal were to assign such a significant portion of their budget. Uh, you know, £30 million is not to be sniffed at, especially at a time like this to basically bring in a goalkeeper that I don't even think is better than the goalkeeper we currently have at number one. Now, is there a is there a chance that if Arsenal are doing this, that it means maybe Berleno has indicated that he wants to leave the club or that Arsenal are looking to move him on? Perhaps, but there's no there's no kind of report at the moment that suggests that to be the case. And so you can only assume right now that Ramsdale is being brought in to compete with Berleno, in which case... Why do we need to spend £30 million on a goalkeeper who probably is going to find himself as the second choice? According to TalkSport, again, they say that Arsenal are lining up a £30 million offer uh, for Aaron Ramsdale. Now, Aaron Ramsdale, I mean, it's. It, they also go on to say that Arsenal have had two offers rejected already um, and whether they were formally submitted offers or whether they were testing the water is, is unclear. But Aaron Ramsdale at £30 million, it's not something I can get behind. I just, I don't see it. I don't see the appeal. I really don't. And, you know, if he does join the club, of course, I want him to succeed. And of course, I'll, um, you know, I'll I'll back him and I'll support him. But it's just really, really difficult to look at that as a potential bit of business and say, yeah, you know, I can fully understand that. I talked about Tammy Abraham earlier. And while I repeatedly said I wasn't 100% convinced about that one, um, and and the fact that Chelsea would be essentially demanding £40 million. I could make a case for Tammy Abraham being worth that. I could make a case for Tammy Abraham coming in and, and giving us a different option uh, you know, in the in the in the forward positions, but I can't make that case for Aaron Ramsdale. I know he's homegrown, I know he's English, I know all of that stuff, but it just doesn't feel like a good enough reason it for me to justify Arsenal going and paying £30 million for Aaron Ramsdale. And, and listen, I'm not one to kick up a fuss about transfers uh, before they've happened. I'm not one to kind of be outraged by a deal that I don't necessarily think is is the right one um, before it happens. I, I am quite level-headed. I like to think I do like to see how a player gets on before casting a judgment on whether or not it was the right signing, it was the right deal, it was the right move. But when it comes to Ramsdale, I do feel like this. Um, I do feel like this is one that, you know, just it, it just doesn't make sense to me. But again, I guess with all transfers, you'll see when the when the player comes to play for you, the proof will be in the pudding, won't it? But I mean, as Chris points out as well, you know, we paid far less for Bern Leno, who I would argue was at a much better much more advanced than stage in his career and had proven himself a lot more than uh, Aaron Ramsdale has. Also, final bit of update uh, since the last show, uh, the reports have emerged from BBC Sport uh, claiming that Leicester City, Southampton and Burnley are all interested in Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Now, Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been touted as someone who Arsenal could use as a makeweight in their negotiations for James Madison. So, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is wanted by Leicester, so perhaps something could be done there. I've talked about Ainsley Maitland-Niles and the role I expect him to have at the club next season. I do think if he's unwilling to play as a, a fullback or a wingback, he is going to find himself struggling for game time. 
And that is going to ultimately lead to him having a disappointing season and probably moving on. I think with Maitland-Niles, you've got to, a bit like Joe Willock, weigh up what their role next season is going to be and how that role will impact their value going forward. We talk about Willock all the time worth around about 15 to 20 million pound now in the eyes of many people. But if he continues at Arsenal and doesn't play very much, then that value is just going to decrease and decrease and decrease until he's worth basically jack shit. And that could happen with Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well. I don't necessarily think the loan deal at West Brom done him any good in terms of his value, in terms of the appeal for other clubs. But I do think people have looked at his career so far and said, well, he's proven himself to be quite competent in a number of positions and therefore could be a good addition to our squad. But again, another season on the sidelines, another season on the peripheries of Arsenal's first 11 would see him, in my opinion, lose value. And then Arsenal uh, would be in a position where they're going to have to let him go for a lot less than they probably could get today. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? We've, we've done it in the past. We've held on to people for too long. We've not been smart in terms of our selling. Uh, we've not been smart in terms of the players that we've bought either in recent seasons. But it does feel like sometimes when you're not sure and you're not convinced necessarily that a player is going to become part of your first team and there is an offer on the table, you probably have to consider that offer. And on most occasions, you probably have to take that offer uh, in order to move forward. Right, let's get some of your questions in the live chat. That's uh, it by way of updates from me based on the reports. We only recorded the last episode a few hours ago, so there's not a great deal uh, changing. But of course, the latest on Ruben Neves is that Manchester United are in the race to sign the Portuguese midfielder and that the midfielder may uh, snub Arsenal in favour of a move to Old Trafford. Given the current thing, uh, given the current situation, could you blame him? We've also uh, got the reports that Arsenal are launching or planning to launch a £30 million bid for Aaron Ramsdale. Whether that will materialise or not remains to be seen. And as I said, BBC Sport reporting that Ainsley Maitland-Niles is wanted by three Premier League clubs, Leicester City, Southampton, and Burnley. Get those questions in the chat box now. While you do that, I'll just quickly remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the brilliant guys over at manscaped.com. Uh, for all your male grooming needs, check them out. Make sure you check out the Lawnmower 4.0 now, I think is the latest one. What an incredible piece of equipment. And as I always say, if you're going on a date soon, you never know that date might go better than you planned. And so you might want to be uh, trimmed and groomed down there. So check it out, manscaped.com. And if you enter our discount code, which is 90min20, you'll save yourself 20% on your total order as well as free shipping. So you could actually save yourself a fair chunk of money. Manscaped.com, check them out. We thank them for their very kind sponsorship. And uh, yeah, let me know if uh, if you do uh, if you do get involved and uh, love a, bit, uh, a few product reviews because there's a few products on there that I haven't got yet and I'm considering... Uh, but I'd love to hear some reviews first. Uh, right, let's uh, let's go over to the chat box because there are uh, a few questions coming in. Let's pick some of these up. Uh, Amea says, is Ramsdale good with his feet? I don't see Arteta or Edu going for him unless he's the profile of player they are looking for. Uh, to my knowledge, he's not particularly good with his feet, but admittedly, um, you know, I didn't watch much of Sheffield United last season. They were kind of my team that I chose to stay away from in the Premier League. I did cover them on a couple of games for Vsin, but it was literally, I think, two games over the course of the entire season. I'm not 
100% sure uh, on how good or comfortable Ramsdale is with his feet. But I do agree with you, Emea, that they would be looking for that profile of goalkeeper. And so I think it'd probably be fair to assume that, at least in Arsenal's eyes, uh, he is someone capable of, of that side of the game. Uh, Omar says, what do you make of the Jordan Henderson rumours? Yeah, there were some rumours coming out today. I think they originated from the Daily Star, suggesting that Jordan Henderson's contract talks with Liverpool have hit a bit of a brick wall and that Arsenal were the favourites to sign him in the event that he did choose to leave the club this summer. First of all, I don't expect Jordan Henderson to leave Liverpool this summer. Still got two years remaining on his current contract. And second of all, I'm not sure that he fits into what we're, what we're doing. You know, he's a good, competent midfielder, a great leader as well, as we've seen uh, in recent times for Liverpool, but not, not the answer for me. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's pick out this one from uh, Steve Stone, who says, three weeks away from the new season starting. Uh, still no midfielder, Harry. Are you nervous yet? Um, yeah, yeah, and he says no starting midfielder. And I think you're right. That, you know, we haven't got a starting midfielder in. I don't see... Uh, Sambi Lakonga as being that man. Am I nervous yet? Um, a little bit, you know, as every day passes by and we sit here on this podcast and we discuss and we talk and we debate about what Arsenal might do in the transfer market, you do start to feel a little bit more concerned, a little bit more worried. But, you know, sometimes deals are at an advanced stage and we just don't know about it. Sometimes deals are further down the line than we as fans are privy to. And so I'm kind of hoping that Arsenal are at least clear on what it is they want to achieve in that position moving forward. I think it was always going to be the case that Arsenal were going to start the new season without having completed all of their transfer business. Um, I think that was that's realistic. I think often we see a lot of movement at the back end of the window. And while that's not ideal in terms of preparation, in terms of embedding players into the squad and the group, I think that's probably the reality of the situation we're likely to find ourselves in uh, in the next few weeks. I do think that some business uh, is going to be very late in the window and and we're just going to have to accept that as fans. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. Uh, let's pick up a couple more of your questions. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, let's see. Uh, Syed says, uh, Harry, do you think Willian will stay? And do you think Arteta still trusts him? I think you saw actually as the season developed last time out that Mikel Arteta started to lose trust and faith in Willian. He was a player, if you remember, at the start of the season was a regular, much to the fans' frustration. He did have some decent games at the start of the season, Willian. And the first game of the season in particular at Fulham, I thought he was excellent. And a lot of us were like, well, you know, this is... Um, this has been a pretty good and shrewd signing. But obviously, William was unable to maintain that form. And I think that Mikel Arteta realised that as the season went on. And as a result, you saw him get a lot less game time. Came on off the bench, uh, you know, quite frequently, but wasn't a regular starter. So in answer to your question, I do think Mikel Arteta has lost faith in, in William. And I don't expect him to be a starter next season. Not at all. Um... What else have we got here? Uh, Josh Hunter says, do you think we need a war and another high profile centre midfielder because of the African Cup of Nations, leaving only Sambi, Aziz and Willock if he stays? Um, the African Cup of Nations is something we've got to consider, of course, but it is a one month period. And that's assuming that that team that our players are playing for goes all the way in the competition. I, look, I do think that you've got to consider it but I don't think you should base your recruitment around it 
because I think over the course of the season, you'd rather have the right players within your squad and be without a couple of them for, you know, three, four weeks at maximum than buy the wrong players just because they're not involved in the African Cup of Nations. So I think you've got to find that middle ground. It is a bit of a concern. It is a bit of a worry, but I don't think, if I'm honest, that it will be too big an influence on Mikel Arteta's plans. Uh, Camp says, why would we want to spend 30 million on Ramsdale and not 10 million on Onana, who's better? Does this make any sense to you, Harry? No, it doesn't. Um, I would have liked to have seen Andre Onana come to the club. I've got to be honest. And it looked at one stage like that was a real possibility. It doesn't make sense to me to spend 30 million pound on, on Ramsdale. I cannot, uh, for the life of me, understand why Arsenal would think that he's worth that sort of money. Again, you kind of got to consider the fact he's English, he's homegrown and all that. And that adds a premium. We all know that. But how much of a premium can you allow it to add? How much of a how much can you be bullied into paying over the odds because of that fact? Not enough, in my opinion, to justify signing that goalkeeper. I, I didn't really rate him before he went to Sheffield United. I didn't really rate him during his time at Sheffield United. And it's not just because Sheffield United were poor. You know, you look at Sam Johnston, who was at West Bromwich Albion. Again, not someone I'd want to see Arsenal sign necessarily, but someone who did shine in a poor team. Aaron Ramsdale didn't do that. He was nowhere near doing that for Sheffield United. And that's what what surprises me about this. Uh, It really does. Uh, What else have we got in the chat box? I am just picking questions at random. I'm going to do a couple more. Roy Eaton says, do you think the lack of movement in midfield is because they are holding out on the Locatelli and Odegaard situations? Quite possibly, Roy. Um, It's not beyond the realms of possibility. I do think Arsenal were very keen to bring in Martin Odegaard on a permanent basis, and I don't think they've fully given up hope on that yet. Locatelli might be a preferred choice in midfield, and perhaps that's why Arsenal are holding off a little bit in, in making a move regarding someone else in, in case the opportunity comes along to sign the Italian. Uh, but also, you know, I think the fact that Granit Xhaka um, is still at the club and that Arsenal haven't yet recuperated that money uh, means that what you don't want to do is go and spend an absolute fortune and then be in a place where you, you've got Granit Xhaka still at the club because Roma wouldn't make you know, make up the the extra bit on the fee and then you've got this player and then you've spent that money in a position that you probably, I know a lot of people would disagree with this, but you don't really see as a priority. The sale of Granit Xhaka means that Arsenal need to bring in a starting centre midfielder. And I guess until that deal is complete, then you might see Arsenal kind of holding fire. You might see Arsenal in a place where they can't quite meet the valuation of some of their targets until they receive those funds for Granit Xhaka. So there's a lot of factors in the background that we maybe don't know about. But I do think that Arsenal are bad in their time here. I do think that Arsenal have identified priority targets. And I think if waiting a little bit gives them a chance of being able to obtain some of those priority targets, then I don't think that's such a crazy approach. Obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We can only speculate. But um, yeah, you know, I think if you've got a a priority and that priority player is quite a way out in front of your alternative options, then I do think you are better off to be a little bit safer, to wait that little bit longer and just make sure that you're doing the right bit of business. Uh, Let's take this one from Jack Hammond, who says, you don't spend £30 million on a backup goalkeeper. Even if it's Neuer, if he's going to sit on the bench for the majority of the season, then why spend that amount of money on them? Yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I'm kind of trying to read between the lines here and maybe suspecting, although I don't have anything to back this up, but 
perhaps Bern Leno has indicated that he doesn't want to be at the club. Perhaps Arsenal are open to the idea of selling the German in the summer, in which case Arsenal would be spending 30 million on a goalkeeper that they view as a future number one and somebody who might be at the club for many years. And then it doesn't sound so crazy. But I agree with you, Jack, when you think about the fact that is he better than Bern Leno right now? I would say no. Is Bern Leno leaving right now? Well, we've got no indication that that's happening. Then it does sound crazy to think that Arsenal, at a time where finances, uh, you know, are, are not at their best, you know, not just at Arsenal, but all around the game, it does sound absolutely bloody mad, um, you know, to, to think that we could spend that amount of money on a backup goalkeeper. I'm going to take one more question, one final question uh, from Matt, who says, Harry, if we did get Locatelli, although it's unlikely, do you think fans would get behind him knowing he wanted Juventus? I think all Locatelli could do, Matt, is, is come in and produce. And if you produce, nobody will give a shit about what you said, what you wanted in the past. Um, you know, you you let your football do the talking. And often those kind of things are only really brought up and only really focused on when the player is not performing. I think Manuel Locatelli is a good enough player to be able to come and prove to the Emirates faithful that they made the right decision in the club made the right decision in, in breaking the bank and signing him. I think with Manuel Locatelli, I don't think it's, it's a bit like the Cesc Fabregas and Barcelona situation, right? We don't like the way Cesc Fabregas left. I thought a little bit of it was, you know, I thought some of it was a little bit, you know, done in poor taste and, and I wasn't happy with it at the time. But when Cesc Fabregas came to Arsenal, every single one of us knew that he was a boyhood Barcelona fan and that his dream one day would be to return to the Camp Nou and pull on the famous red and blue jersey. We all knew that. And that didn't stop the Arsenal fans growing an affection towards him because of how well he played and how well he performed and what a big talent he was. And I guess I would look at me personally, I would look at the Locatelli situation in the same way. I don't think it's crazy or strange for a young boy who's grown up in Italy, who's grown up supporting a club to want to represent that club at some point in his career. But he's a professional. And I think if we were to say that him coming to Arsenal would mean him kind of playing with a frown on his face and not giving it 100 percent, I think we're being disrespectful to the guy's professionalism. And I think we would you know, we would be making a story out of nothing. If he comes to Arsenal, he improves the team and he plays well, then I don't think anybody really cares about Juventus. Will there be this thing in the back of our minds that maybe one day he'll go to Juventus? But look, if he comes to the Emirates, serves his purpose, helps us get back to where we belong, and then we can get a big transfer fee for him later down the line, that's not necessarily the the end of the world, is it? Um, but yeah, really good question. Really, really good question. And I'd hope the Arsenal fans would be mature enough to understand that, you know, he's an Italian boy, grew up supporting Juventus, his family supports Juventus, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe his preference was to go there, but that deal didn't materialise. And now he'd be at Arsenal and now he'd be uh, in a position where he'd be given his everything for Arsenal. And, and, and that's that for me. Uh, right. I am going to leave it there. Uh, I will catch you all very, very soon with some more Arsenal related content. But before I do that, let's check where we're at on the likes. Uh, it is really, really important. I hate banging on about it, but it really does help the channel when you guys hit the like button. We currently got over 200 of you watching at the moment, but there's only 45 of you who have hit the like button. So let's try and get that 
as close to 100 as we possibly can between now and the end of the stream. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. If you want to become a member and support us by going that one step further, you can do so uh, by, of course, clicking on the link in the description. Uh, I will catch you all very, very soon with more Arsenal-related content. And until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.